I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. I am Sonny. I am here hosting with Caleb. Say hi to the people, Caleb. Hello, everybody's. And, of course, today we have yet another special guest, as I'm sure you have guessed by the episode title. Why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Giant Skyhawk. Happy to be here. I love that name. It's such a wonderful name. Giant Skyhawk. It's unique. <laughs> yeah, How nobody else How long did it take it. your parents to pick that out? How long did it take your parents uh, to pick that out? <laughs> I picked it out, actually. Uh, it was the name of my middle school basketball team, and I was the tallest one. So I became the Giant uh, Skyhawk. Oh. I mean, it's better than being the tiniest Skyhawk. <laughs> I guess so. Especially on a basketball team. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it worked out. We had a we had a tall team, and I happened to be the biggest one, so uh, I became the giant. So let me ask you this: This was you said this was middle school. Did everybody else catch up to you, or are you still the tallest? <laughs> I was still pretty tall. Uh, I'm around six five. Uh, okay, so... you are definitely the tallest person in your life. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. That's really tall. Mm. When you spend time around basketball players, uh, sometimes I end up about average, but most of the time I'm, I'm on the high end. So I guess my last question before we get into everything is, with your name being Giant Skyhawk and you having the wingspan of a six foot five man, can you actually fly or is that just... <laughs> uh, I like to fly with the deck building, but I cannot fly in real life. I'm very sorry to disappoint uh, it's okay. Man. We'll let you use those fluffle wings later on. So, <laughs> we want to get into some quick play news here. The main thing to talk about, it's really the only main piece of quick play news, is the return of formal play in the United Kingdom. Now, there has been some announcements that were, there will be some formal play returning in the EU as a whole, but it's basically on a country-by-country basis. And with the EU being opened back up mostly now, um, whereas there's other countries that are still pretty tightly locked down. I do not have a list in front of me, but you know the rules where you live. So um, I know, for example, 
me and Caleb are in the United States, specifically the southern United States. So uh, we've been full glow go here for a while. Whereas Skyhawk over here, you're in Canada where they're still everything's still locked down, right? Yeah, uh, it's kind of place to place. Uh, I live in the uh, Texas of Canada. Uh, I live in Alberta. <laughs> and currently, uh, yeah, currently we, um, we have no public health restrictions. Uh, at least provincially speaking. So there, it's basically place to place. Uh, for the record, I think that's mm-hmm. a mistake. But uh, my guess is they're waiting another month or so because for a little while, vaccination rates here in Canada were a bit slower to, to compared to the U.S. So my guess is we'll probably get it back on August 15th rather than the July 15th that the U.S. got. Uh, I actually agree with Konami on this, that we should wait just like a little bit longer. But I think we're getting pretty close. Um, I think the main... See, the crazy part to me is that you say that you're in the Texas of Canada. I'll, I'll one-up you on that, buddy. We are in Texas. We're at Texas's Cajun cousin. Like, <laughs> we're the one that shows up to the family reunion, and Texas is like, ooh, they're crazy. They're here? <laughs> Listen, I've eaten, I have eaten alligator before. It's delicious. It really is, honestly. We <laughs> That's alligator. new. That's a new one for me. <laughs> It's like a it's like a fair food here, like like yeah, it's deep, like a big deal at fairs. Yeah, yeah, like they uh they just like take some alligator meat, stick it on a stick, and then deep fry it. Yeah, they literally do skewered alligator on a stick. Alligator on a stick's a big deal here. Yeah, I went to a Renfrew and they call it dragon on a lance. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a far cry from the Calgary Stampede, but I mean, you guys do you. I I do not know what you're talking about. It's a it's a. Uh, it's it's kind of a clown show. It's a it's a big giant rodeo is basically what it is that happens every year. Oh, that's every uh. week here. Here they put church in it. It's called Cowboy Church. <laughs> I think funny might... part, the funniest part is he's on, the funny part is he's only half joking. I'm not it joking might... at all. The Cowboy Church is not far from here. You know that, right? Yes, oh, I know. God. Okay, you've combined my. Two... They do a rodeo at their church service. I I'm not joking. You've combined my two least favorite things, and it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen, 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 man. I could listen, man. I could walk outside, huck a rock, and probably hit a church. (laughs) Yeah, we literally have. There. Okay. You know what? Listen, politics, religion, and money are the things we don't talk about here. But (laughs) we live in the Bible Belt. Let's just say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I got you. Well, we live under the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're we're behind the Bible Belt buckle. Comes with the territory. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So with this announce, announcement of the return to form of play in the United Kingdom comes a few things. We have new play mats, new mouse pads, and new field centers. These all bear Trishula. They're very nice looking. Ooh, mouse pads. Yes. Good luck getting one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll read out the formal letter really quick. It's if my voice will let me. I'm kind of losing my voice because of allergies, but I will do our best. Good afternoon, all. We are pleased to announce the formal return of sanctioned play in the OTS program. Please read this carefully and fully. Please note, instructions from your local authority will always supersede these rules. Government advice and guidance may change, and if this occurs, we will keep you informed and up to date. Makes a lot of sense. Since April 2020, we have continuously monitored developments related to the COVID-19 pandemic. We have closely evaluated and heeded the recommendations of government health authorities and experts. We take seriously our role in contributing to the overall health and safety of our colleagues, OTS store owners and staff, and the entire Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG fan base. Jointly, 
We share a responsibility to prevent community spread of this virus by practicing social distancing, and we appreciate everyone's cooperation during this time of uncertainty. We are formally confirming the return of in-store sanctioned events from Monday, July 19th. For those wondering, that is this episode will air on Friday, July 16th. So this is the following Monday. It is vital that you check the latest updates from your local authority for guidelines and limitations in place. For example, in England, there will be no limitations on indoor gatherings. Wow. Whereas in Scotland, there is an indoor gathering limit of 10 persons from no more than four households. We require that all safety measures are in place as a required minimum in order to host events. Any additional measures to ensure safety are at your discretion and will be supported by us. Failure to comply with government guidelines may result in the immediate removal from the OTS program of the OTS in question. In further news, we are thrilled to announce the return of the Back to Duel Leagues. Starting with Season 1, Month 1, OTSs may host leagues on a monthly basis starting from August 1st. We hope this information is well received and it is a positive step in the right direction to safely host in-store events again. We look forward to offering you more and more events and rewards in the near future. We are aware that the rules in England will not enforce mask wearing indoors. However, the government advice is for businesses to make their own decisions on mask wearing and the WHO are recommending the continued use of masks indoors for the foreseeable future. If you decide for the safety of your community to continue wearing masks in play spaces, we recommend informing your community early and often. I don't think there's really, honestly, a ton to talk about this here. Um, it's sweet that real life play is opening back up, in my opinion. Um, I'm all for opening it back up. That could be because, once again, we're in the Bible Belt, and I've seen everything being opened back up for a while now. That said... It is still very critical and very important that we all do our part in stopping the spread of this virus by wearing our mask when we're in those closed spaces, especially card shops packed with lots of people. Um, be sure to wash your hands thoroughly or often. Be sure to use hand sanitizer. Be sure to um, maybe offer your opponent, say, hey, would you like to go ahead and cut your deck? I can watch you just cut half, something like that. Be polite, be courteous, wear your mask, especially when you're indoors. Um and just be safe. You know, that's the most important thing because it's not your own safety, but it's the safety of others around you. Yeah, completely agree. So. And to that point, uh, if you, like me and like everyone else, has been really excited to get back to in-person play, um, the best way to keep it so that we can continue doing in-person play if your area is a place where COVID has regressed far enough is to do this stuff. Because if you don't do this stuff, that's when it can start to we can get back to the back and forth that we had really early in all of this. So keep doing this stuff for a little while longer. We're getting close. But so if you're in a place where you can do it in person, be responsible so that the rest of us can, can come join you as soon as we can. Also, please get vaccinated. If you are yes. able to do so. Yes. That's, that, that's vaccination, wear a mask, hand sanitizer. You're good. Yeah. It makes a difference. So every little bit that each one of us does, helps this community in huge ways. So please be sure to do your part to help this community return to organized play. We all want to go to in-person YCSs. We all want to go to in-person regionals. We ask that you do your part to help us get there. So with that, we are going to move on into some card, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Card uh, reveals? Yeah, card reveals works. 
All right. Uh, so the first card that we are going to talk about, um, Caleb's going to talk about it because I had it pulled up and I accidentally exited out of it. Uh, which card do you want to start with? Outburst? Sure. All right. So uh, we now know what uh, the new Outburst Dragon does. Um, and of course, the dra- ex-Dragonling players will talk about it. Uh, let's see, we got a level 8 Dark Dragon, 2100 attack, 2100 defense. Uh, it's All of its effects are one, hard once per turn. If you control a monster, you can special summon this card from your hand, then destroy all of the monsters you control. You cannot special summon monsters while you control this monster, summon this way, except dark monsters. Two, during your opponent's turn, you can quick effect, immediately after this effect resolves, link summon a Dragon Link monster you control using this card you control. It's nifty. It's nifty. It is very cool. I've seen people it. talk about using this in Unchained. Because I can the, see it. The first effect is interesting. Oh. I don't know if it is good, but it has some interesting applications there. And it gives it a little bit more, like, gives it a little bit more oomph. So, uh, yeah, no, it, you're right. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and the second thing in Unchained. The second effect is like a quick summon of the. Uh, in, in like more minimal decks playing a more minimal dragon engine like i think there's there's use for this but it's yet the combo theorists have to do a bit more work i think to make this playable yeah definitely I, yeah i don't know about this playability in dragon Link specifically but yeah and unchained it actually i guess would be pretty good oh yeah all right next up we have uh, uh trooper yes b trooper scout buggy yeah <laughs> um that will be the yeah, he knows what we're talking about. Um, let's see, that will actually be our promo. Yeah, uh, for, for the Dawn of Majesty sneak yeah. peek. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, it's a level 3 wind insect effect monster, 1,000 attack, 300 defense. You cannot special summon monsters, except insect monsters, while while this card is facing on the field. If this card is normal, special summoned. Special summon one Bee Trooper Scout Buggy from your hand, deck, or graveyard. You can only use this effect once per turn. It's... Potentially amazing. Yeah, potentially. Uh, it's almost a tour guide for insects. Yeah, the, the basically, like, we were talking about this in one of, one of the discords I was in yesterday, and we were like, the payoff must be yet to come. Because this card on its face is kind of really good. But right now you can make, like, Insector Picofenaria the link, or you can Xyz summon Digital Bug Restrider. <laughs> Aside from that, there's not much. Also, I mean, you could also make Giga Brilliant. <laughs> Oh, I mean, good! Not wrong. Yay! Yay! Let's I, see. I I feel like this card. I really so you mentioned an insector card. I really truly feel like we don't have an insector card yet because when they did the create a card, they they got to the end, realized insector one, realized that the community chose for that it had to be a spell card, and it was like. Okay, we need to make some peripheral cards that really make this deck good before we release the actual card. Because we released one card, and if we release one card and the deck is underwhelming, people are just going to say that the whole thing was for nothing. So, we need to release peripherals, make sure people know about these peripherals by doing things like making it a sneak peek promo. And then, once all the peripherals are released and people are like, there's something here... We release a broken Insector spell card, and all of a sudden, it's it's a playable strategy that people understand where to pull everything from because they just released it all. You know what I mean? Yeah, all that makes some sense. Brothers of Legend is coming very soon. 
Yes, it is. Upcoming 60-card set, and Brothers of Legend is an upcoming 60-card set, I think. Yeah, supposed to be, I think. Also, the other interesting thing about the Beat Trooper page is they also did the they did the playmat for the Dawn of Majesty sneak peek. It's a pretty cool-looking playmat. If you have a chance, go check out YGO Organization, or YG Organization, and you can click on the page and see all the information for it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually a really nice mat um, for the new... Uh, majestic star dragon retrain or whatever it is okay so the next thing is the punk archetype there's a lot to break down here we're gonna try to move through it kind of quickly uh do you guys want to take turns doing these cards since there's about 10 of them sure uh sure all right skyhawk you go first all right we've got uh uh ukiyo-e punk uh, Sharakusai, level 3 Earth Psychic Tuner, 1200 attacks, 600 defense. Uh, each oh my god, I'm glad you got that turn. name, because I, I would have messed that name up so bad. <laughs> yeah. I have a bit of experience. I took some Japanese in, in high school. Uh, okay. So it works out a bit for my me. high school didn't offer Japanese? What the hell? <laughs> Canada, man. Anyway. Uh, oh my god. You can pay, first effect is you can pay 600 life points, fusion summon a punk fusion monster from your extra deck using monsters from your hand or field as fusion material. That's cool. And then during your opponent's turn as a quick effect, um, you can pay 600 life. Oh, this is cool. So it's kind of keeping the theme with like psychics paying life points to use effects. I like it. Yep. Uh, immediately after this effect resolves, synchro summon a punk monster. This is really cool. <laughs> I don't know what the payoff yeah, is. I but think it that, is. That looks very cool. I mean, it's a level 3 Earth Psychic Tuner, so, I mean, it's an E-Telly target. Oh, you could E-Telly this out on your opponent's turn and then quick effect, activate his effect, and sync or something if you have other stuff on field already. <laughs> yes, you could. That's very cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Gagagaku Punk Wagon. Level oh, 3 man. Earth Psychic Tuner. 900 attack, 600 defense. Uh, let's see. You can pay 600 life points, add a punk spell card from deck to hand. When a punk monster you control is targeted for an attack, or by opponent's qu- uh, card effect, quick effect, draw a card. Oh. Um, and all of these are hard ones per turns. Yeah. That's kind of spicy. Ooh, yeah, especially that, hey, if you target it, I draw a card. Man, why'd y'all leave me with the one I can't print? Ju- okay. <laughs> the next one is level 3 earth psychic tuner effect monster. J- Jory? That's pretty close. Jorori Punk Madam Spider. Um, you can only uh, harvest return. First effect, you can pay 600 life points. Add one Punk Trap card from your deck to your hand. Second effect, you can a- when you activate a Punk card or Punk card effect that targets a mon- a card your opponent controls. Quick effect, you can target one face up card or one face up monster your opponent controls. Have its attack another turn. This card sucks. Hmm, depends on how good the trap card is, but yeah, the other effect isn't that good. Oh, the, oh, wait till we no, wait till we get to the traps. They're pretty good. I, I read this uh, as soon as it came out. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Skyhawk, it's on you. I'm up. Okay, so we've got uh, another level three psychic tuner, uh, Earth. Interesting. Uh, n- no, Punk, Seaman. Uh, so it's, it's like <laughs> 800 attack, 600 defense. There's no joke here. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, so the first effect is you can pay 600 life points. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, add a punk monster from your deck to your hand, uh, except for no punk semen. And then two, if this card is sent to the graveyard, you can target one punk monster you control, gain 600 attack. So this uh, this is that really is interesting. Sure, is an eighth grader. They can so they so a lot their main deck small monsters search individual different parts of the deck. That's really cool. Oh yeah. Next yeah. up, uh, we have a level eight light beast beast monster. Uh, no punk 
Foxy Toon. Okay, wait. I just have to ask. That last monster, no punk CMN. What's the odds that that gets censored in in America? Or do you think they'll lean in? I they're going to rename it. I think it will be renamed. Yeah. I think it will be renamed. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Twenty three hundred attack, twenty six hundred defense. Uh, you contribute a punk monster. Splash some of this card from your hand. You can send this card from your hand or fill to the graveyard. Send a card from your hand to the graveyard. And if you do, special summon a punk monster from your deck, except a level 8 monster. Three. Once per turn, when this card choice of a monster in battle, gain life points, equal to the original attack of that monster. This is almost like the low-level main deck mutant monsters, but you can use it from hand. It's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it being level 8 is very important. Also, if you notice, it's also the first monster we've, that we've read that isn't a tuner. Right. Yes. True. Hilarious. Oh, so Foxy Tune. Okay, okay. Yeah, the Synchro's 11. It's level 8 and then level 3. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Gotcha. Next card. Oh my god. Why do I get these? Uh, Ukiyo Punk Carp Rising. Yeah, level the Carp eight. Rising. <laughs> level 8 Water Fish Fusion Effect Monster. 1000 attack, 2600 defense. Materials is 2 Punk Monsters. You can only activate the first and second effects of this card's name once per turn. You contribute this fusion summoned card. Special summon up to two punk monsters with different names except level 8 monsters from your hand or deck in defense position. Broken. Mm. Potentially. If this card is used as material for a synchro summon, you can target one punk monster you control. This turn, it can attack twice during each battle phase. So, you can rip this guy out with the first guy, Ukiyo Sharkusi? Sharkusai? I don't know. You can rip it. You can pull them out the deck, at the deck, at the extra deck, or um, potentially, if they get a fusion spell, you can fuse into this guy using any two of your punk monsters, and then you tribute to some of two punk monsters different names from your hand or deck. That seems pretty awesome. good. <laughs> I mean, it could be a great extender, but I, I just have to wonder if the payoff is there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, the synchro's coming up, so I guess I get to read this one. Uh, yeah. Ukiyo-e punk, amazing dragon. Okay, this would better be good if they're calling it amazing dragon. Uh, level For 11, real. wind sea serpent. That's, ooh, sea serpent. I'm in, okay. Sea serpent, synchro effect monster. Uh, attack 3000, defense 2800, one tuner, one non-tuner. So you use the level 8 and any of the level 3s uh, or other uh, support cards, depending on how they enable this. So, each effect card runs return. If this card is synchro summoned, you can target a number of cards your opponent controls up to the number of level 3 psychic monsters with different names in your field and graveyard. Return them to the hand. Uh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> that's, I mean, uh, that's really good, but only going second, I guess. And then, two, you can target a. Super punk- Compulse! You can target a punk monster in your graveyard except for Ukiyo Punk Amazing Dragon and special summon it. Uh, this card pretty good. seems pretty strong. Uh, I mean, like, you have to, like, be in a situation where you can actually summon this going second and have it resolve, but, like, the fact that it's an enabler going first and a insane board-breaking effect going second, uh, that, this seems like a payoff worth, like, actually thinking about building a deck around. This is really cool. Oh, yeah. But yeah, also keep cool. in mind that his effect doesn't state punk monsters, it's just level three psychic monsters with different names. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so psychic wheel wheel wielder yes and that uh other psychic uh tracker yeah these are yeah these yeah, psychic are tracker these are like real legitimate extenders in the deck all right yep. next up we have the first continuous spell card gagaku punk wild picking 
Continuous spell card, like I said. Uh, it can only use its first effect once per turn. At the start of the damage step, if your punk monster is battling an opponent's monster, destroy that opponent's monster. Two, if this card in, in its owner's spell and trap zone is destroyed by an opponent's card effect, you can activate this effect. For the rest of this per turn, punk monsters you currently control cannot be destroyed by battle. Ugh. Hmm. It's not great, um, but it's interesting. Because it turns your punk monsters into outs for any card that can't be targeted for card effects. Because it doesn't target. <laughs> True. You have to make it to the hmm. battle phase, though. This feels like a war rock card. You have to... But if it works in the deck, then I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You got the next card? Uh, yeah. I should stop getting sidetracked while I, while we record. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, Gagaku Punk Crusher Beat. Continuous spell card. You can use the first effect of this card's name once per turn, which I guess the second effect is not once per turn. Lovely. If your opponent activates a card or a card effect that targets a punk monster in your possession, wording is important. That's not the same as you control. Now, you can target one card your opponent controls, destroy it, and that's the once per turn. Um, if this card is in its owner's spell and trap zone, is destroyed by an opponent's card effect, you can activate this effect. For the rest of this turn, punk monsters you currently control cannot be targeted or destroyed by your opponent's card effects. That's alright. It means targeting targeting effects for removal don't really do that much against this deck, it seems. So, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially a uh, back row hate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it uh, dies to one shraggy boy. <laughs> that's true. Oh, just wait until you read the trap cards. Alright. Well, that was the first trap card, wasn't it? Oh no, there's one other one here. Okay. Yep. So that's the other one. Alright, so... We've got uh, Joruri Punk Dangerous Gabu. You can only activate a card uh, with this card's name only once per turn, and it's a normal trap. One. Target one effect monster your opponent controls. Negate its effects for the rest of the turn. Uh, then, if you control a punk monster, gain life point. It's equal to the targeted monster's original attack. Oh, so searchable imperm. All right. Okay. We're talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, searchable by uh, the, Madame, the Madame Spider. All right. Okay. That's, that's actually kind of sick. Oh yeah. Uh, next is, is there... wait, wait. I have to ask: Is Fogblade literally just better, though? I mean, Fogblade. Yes and no. I guess you do have to like. Hmm. I mean, probably. Is but... <laughs> Imperm is Imperm literally just better? Imperm is not searchable, but Fogblade is probably yes, better. That... <laughs> Okay, I think the counterpoint is that, now that I think about it, the gain life points is actually really relevant in this particular deck. Oh yeah, because you're sitting there constantly spending life points to activate these effects, which there's a card I will bring up in a minute <clears throat> after I read this new tr this uh, the second trap, uh, Jaruri Punk Nashawari Surprise. Normal trap card. We are butchering these words. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, you can only act you can activate a card with this card's name only once per turn, target one face down card your opponent controls, or if you control a punk monster, you can target one face up card your opponent controls. Destroy it. Hmm. Yeah, this... Like, the card I was going to bring up is an old, old field spell. Uh, Brain Research Lab. Oh, yes. <laughs> once, per once per turn, you can normal summon one psychic type monster in addition to your normal summoner set. If successful, place a psychic counter on this card. You can also place a psychic counter on this card instead of... Uh, paying life points to activate any psychic type monster's effect that you control. 
However, when this card is removed from the field, you'd take a thousand damage for each psychic counter on it. Which is un unfortunate. However, it's still, you know, less it's, life points you'll be paying with the uh main deck. Just don't let effects. it get to just don't let it get to eight counters. Pretty much. Yeah. Well and also the this deck, like the the this actually helps the deck a lot because it looks like the monsters don't really have an easy way to cheat themselves out. But if you can normal summon two of them, that seems pretty sweet. Kind of, kind of fixes the issue. Yeah. Sure. I, I um, there's some cool stuff here, but I, it's not crazy. Right. Um. That being said, I did show it to another friend of mine, and she said that she really likes the uh, aesthetic that the card art has going on. I do like these. Yeah. It's very colorful, very neon purple and orange mm. and teals. Yeah, it is fun. Re- reminds me a lot uh, of... That's about it for... Abyss actors, mm-hmm. almost. Like, design-wise. It, it does, actually, now that you mention it. I've never looked at the Abyss actors' designs once in my entire year. <laughs> you should check them out. There's some cool <laughs> stuff in there. Oh, yeah. They're, they're pretty cool looking. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it came out in that gap when I wasn't playing, mm, yeah. and, like, basically, if it's not meta-relevant right now, yeah. I don't know what it did. Don't need that. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't use the bandwidth. <laughs> <It's>... Exactly. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. I'm with you there. Um, The next thing that I want to talk about is a card coming from Burst of Destiny, is a normal trap called card called Giant Starfall. Um, neither player can activate the effects of monsters without a level in response to this card's activation. Act- effect... Target one face-up monster on the field without a level. Until the end of this turn, change its attack to zero. It cannot activate its effect. It cannot destroy a battle. Also, any damage either player takes from battles involving it is halved. And there's no once per turn anywhere on this card, I'm just now realizing. I don't know if that makes it good, but it makes it better. Makes it interesting, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying before we were recording... it was... This seems like... Oh, I was gonna say, you, like this, it is like a gimmicky card, but it seems lately they're starting to play around with interesting restrictions on stuff. Like Underworld Goddess came out and was like, this card is unaffected by cards unless they target, and this one is like, you can't activate the effects in response to this um, if they don't have a level. So they're they're starting to play with the design space, and I think stuff like this existing makes deck building really cool because you can make a meta call with something like this, right? So it's not, I don't think this is great, but I like that it exists. I think that the reason that they can do that now is because of the fact that we generally, every time there's a Master Rule update every four-ish years, we get a new game mechanic. At first mm. it was Synchros, then it was Xyz, then it was Pendulums, then it was Links, and then like three years later we got Master Rule 5 and we didn't get an actual new mechanic. So rather than introduce new stuff to the game and make an already confusing game more confusing, I feel like they're teach- taking the time to actually flesh out some things that are technically possible and just not ever done. You know, I, I could see that. Yeah, playing around with different card combinations. This card can do this. This card can do that. Just new stuff that, like this, this is an interaction that until now hasn't been fleshed out monsters that do have levels versus monsters that don't have levels mm-hmm. it's it's interesting yeah but then you know that also opens up the possibility of future game mechanics where they make like a new monster card that doesn't have levels this card will still affect it yeah 
as opposed to a lot of the original Exceed cards specifically state Exceed Monsters, when yeah. they probably could have easily just said Monsters without a level. That's a really good point. I really like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last card we have to talk about, also from Burst of Destiny, Ecclesia, the Virtuous in White. Um, wait, wait, whose turn is it to read? Because we all want to read this card. You were, you need, you well, had, well, wait, I went last. To... It's Skyhawk's turn. Oh. Uh, you were the yeah. one who didn't Why read it, Why do you get all though? the cool cards? I was saying, what? you're the one who hasn't read this, so maybe you should read this and react to it real time. Yeah. That'd be cool. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I yeah. literally have not read this card yet. I uh, do not yeah, know you what you're doing. Real quick, though, whenever I... When I looked at it uh, earlier, when it first came out, uh, my the friend who I uh, showed the uh, I showed the uh, who were really like the aesthetics of the other cards were like, wait a minute, that's not what that says. When she was looking at uh, Ecclesia White Maiden and Ecclesia Virtuous and White, she's like, that's not what that says because it has Japanese here. Uh, Shiro no Seijo is what she said it was, mm-hmm. which is uh, Ecclesia the Maiden the uh, the White Saint is a more proper translation. Interesting. Which is absolutely interesting. Anyway, take it away. Oh, boy. Okay. Level 4 Spellcaster Tuner. Okay, it's already good. Uh, <laughs> effect Monster. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, 1500 Attack, 1500 Defense. Um, it's not a Dogmatica card, which means uh, Nadir does not search this, which, thank God. Um, you can only Special Summon by this card's first method once per turn. You can only use the second and third effects of this card's name once each turn if your opponent controls more monsters than you do you can special summon this card from your hand okay so that's once per turn uh you don't special summon this card's first method that's worded weird but okay uh number two during the main phase quick effect you contribute this card special on one uh zhang zhang monster or one fallen of albaz from your deck or hand that's really good um, during the end phase, if a fusion monster is sent to the graveyard this turn, you can add this card from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, so, uh, you can special summon this card if your opponent controls more monsters. So, going second, it's turbo broken, and going first, it's still good because it's level four and you can normal summon it. So, you summon it, activate effect, tribute this card as cost. And you can special summon either one of your Zhang Zhangs or one of your, or your Fallen of Albaz. So you can either go into your Fallen of Albaz line to go into your fusions, which will then, if you can get your fusion in your graveyard, we will recycle. Or you can go into your Zhang Zhang to go into synchro plays. The point is, in the lore, these are all about extra deck summoning to counter the Dogmaticas, which are against extra deck summoning. So it makes sense that this does a bunch of different kinds of extra deck summoning mechanics. Oh, yeah. It really does make sense that this supports several. And oh, yeah. that's all my thoughts on this card, is that it's like yeah. turbo broken. I guess the one point to make before we move on from the card reveals is that this fixes a lot of the problems with Fallen of Albaz as a super poly-esque card. Um, because ending on this just basically means you're ending on super poly monster removal. Uh... <laughs> Because <laughs> Fallen of Albaz oh, yeah, can, yeah. can be using like your opponent's monsters, right? So, so uh, it's actually a right. disruption on top of on top of being a combo enabler. So this is kind of nuts. I like this card. I mean, it's not just I don't just like it because it's turbo broken. I like the design aspect of it. Um, I like what they did to make the card good and to link up. Am I saying that right? You said you took some Japanese. Is that Zhang Zhang? 
Uh, that's not Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that's Japanese. Oh, uh, it's either Cantonese or Mandarin. I don't know which. Oh, man. Now I am ignorant. Oh, wow. I feel bad now. Okay. So the point is I, I like the design aspects of this card. I like – I don't know. I like this card. It's good. Oh, yeah. I know. It's definitely going to be real interesting once it comes out. Yeah, that that said, this is yet another, like, broken Burst of Destiny card. Are we thinking that Burst of Destiny is going to be, like... like Okay, so that's our last card reveal, so let's talk about a minute about Burst of Destiny. Do we think that that, 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 that set is just going to be, like, every card in it's a blowout? I mean, so far... <laughs> it's I mean, so far it's, it's just been, you know, just solid card after solid card after a... It's alright... And then, ooh, another really solid card. Yeah, I mean, entire archetypes of playable cards. Haven't seen I mean, that in a hot Flunderies. minute. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is honestly reminiscent of Duelist Alliance. I'm not going to say it's the next Duelist Alliance. I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah, you're not going to get clickbaited. You know. <laughs> this is the next Duelist Alliance, folks. Newt, this is the episode title right here, Caleb. <laughs> no, but realistically, you're talking about Flunderies... As well as the Zhang Zhangs are not just playable, they're really, really potentially like tier one broken good. And that's not even to think about these decks are not just going to get a single wave of support. These decks are going to get another wave of support in the set after Burst of Destiny, which is something of chaos. Chaos or battle of chaos war of chaos something like it's something of chaos we talked about it on the show before right so the point is this is going to lead into another set and we all know every set with chaos in its name is a high impact set so i mean we could realistically see a world where they get where the zhang zhang gets support the flunderies get support you get the branded and they get support all of these cards could legitimately be be high level come burst of destiny and these aren't like i said these aren't just playable these are high level competitive archetypes as i feel like they saved all of this for when competitive play opened back up that's really what it feels like i see i've heard some people say that i think i actually agree i was skeptical but i actually think that makes a lot of sense because this is releasing like october-ish isn't it for us where yeah. uh, OCG. Where, oh yeah so maybe maybe like a smidge later for us but that's like It'll, that'll be when like things open up a bit more. No, so. no, no. That actually, no, no, no. That sounds about right because we're getting Dawn of Majesty soon, and this is the set after yeah, Dawn of yeah, Majesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it's Octoberish. So October to November announced. But uh, this is also cool because there's a lot of the way that they're designing sets lately. There's like some elements of Lightning Vortex in here too because there's individual cards that are really good for different different archetypes, right? Uh, like, and also there's fan favorite stuff. Like they they gave Penguin Brave. They gave some of the monsters on Penguin Brave out here. So there's this all is, of them. Yeah, I think that <laughs> not no, all of them. There's two, yeah, there's, there's two that they haven't made yet. There's two that are missing. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's spellcast. It's a penguin spellcaster and penguin uh, uh, martial artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, oh, so priest and ninja don't count. I think this is going to be a really what? Oh. <laughs> penguin priest and penguin ninja. No, they count. Okay, so that's a spellcaster and a warrior guy. Oh, no, 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 no. The two in the back that don't have cards yeah, 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 are that... canonically called... Yeah. Oh. Oh. Penguin spellcaster and penguin uh, martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lore thing. Okay. Anyway, uh, I think the point is that 
uh, this is going to be a really good set because it has like those meta-defining archetypes. It has those individual good support cards, kind of like Lightning Vortex did with like Scrap Raptor and Bear Broom and a couple of others. And it has fan favorite stuff. Yeah, I, I would agree. With so that I'm excited. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think they were just kind of holding all the best stuff for this. Yeah. Okay, so that's going to wrap us up for the main bulk of our new information that we're getting. What we want to move on into now is more of an actual interview with Skyhawk. Um, We have some interesting questions for you, and we would really like to hear some of your opinions on certain things in the game that we see today and how you've how your experiences have impacted the way that you approach the game but the first thing to ask is who are you tell us a bit about yourself your experience in the game and uh how you came to play the game and ultimately the decks that you're playing for sure uh so i guess uh, i said it at the beginning but i'm uh you might have seen my name as isaac from invitational stuff uh, but my I online I go by Giant Skyhawk. Um, I you may have seen me around online. I've played in a lot of MBT's Chalice Slam series tournaments. Uh, I won the very first one back when it was called the Quarantine Uh-oh. series. Uh, by <laughs> yeah, by and I have I think a second place and like three top fours. So you um, dominate this thing. <laughs> but, uh, I wouldn't say I'm I am one of I'm one of many who do well at those events. I would say myself for Cape, Space Dandy, nineteen ninety three, and Sampai. Uh, and Mount Fuji are probably the probably the most storied, uh, but I, I won the first one by <laughs> uh, activating a uh, double or nothing into an abyss scale of the Mizuchi, <laughs> and I still won that game. <laughs> but <laughs> regardless, um, so you might have seen me there. I have a couple of profi- deck profiles from some recent uh, event successes that that kind of blew up on his channel. Uh, so those are probably the places you've mostly seen me. Uh, or maybe just randomly on Twitter. Uh, I guess I started playing the game because uh, I really liked manga and 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 cartoons and stuff. And Yu-Gi-Oh was a mm-hmm. thing. And on a trip to like I would randomly like I'd randomly get packs with allowance and stuff. And then on a trip to the U.S., uh, I had some spending money and I found and the old uh, not uh, Dino Smasher Fury, the old Dinosaurs Rage structure okay. deck. And and I had that and I loved it. And so I, I loved the dinosaurs. It was like it was it was all I could think about for quite a while, and and so I fa- I randomly just online I found dueling ne- dueling network back when that was right. a thing. This was like right after the dragon rollers had been banned that I, I like was on there, and and I was I remember I had put together this is like a bad. I wonder if I still have a screenshot of the list like a fifty three card, just mishmash of cards from that structure deck, and then somebody PM'd me because they just randomly saw me and raided and was like hey. You sh- I see you're playing dinosaurs. You should try this. And it was a dino rabbit list with one rabbit playing like three copies of Shrink, three Forbidden Lands, three Forbidden Dress, and like Drac Guaybas, Drac Velos, Hydra Gedons, uh, and then just a bunch of utility trap cards like Hyper Hammerhead. And I was like, oh, wow, this looks really cool. So I tried it and then I started getting into like actually playing the game. And like, I was never really that good. I was really bad seeing as I kept like main decking shrink into like 2018. <laughs> but That's fine. Um, yeah, so I was really bad for a really long time uh, just doing that stuff just because I loved it. And I was in and out of the game. Like, I think I stopped playing for a while when Necros was a thing. I stopped playing when Full Power was Zoo was a thing. My least favorite thing are, are Tier Zero or like 
really highly concentrated tier one formats. Um, so like I would always come in and out and then, uh, later, like in, in university and stuff, I found a place online just randomly. I found MBT, uh, and at, when he was like really small and then I found Trinity format. Uh, and that's actually what, what got me back into like competitive play was, was building decks in Trinity. Okay. Uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, Trinity yeah, format say, is, yeah, is like an alternate. Bit. Yeah. So a uh, Trinity format is a really cool, it's still running too, which is nice. Uh, it's a really cool online kind of deck building alternate rule set format. Uh, the basic premise is that, uh, it's a Highlander format where, um, the minimum deck size is 30. Uh, so you have to play what Highlander is for those who don't know, you have to play one of each card. You can't play multiples, but in Trinity, you can play multiples if you increase your deck size by five. So for example, if I have a 30 card deck with one over after I can go to 35 cards to play two over after, or I can go to 40 cards to play three over after. And so you get to make some interesting consistency and deck building choices based on that. But the other thing is that it's an alternate rule set that focuses more on a resource based gameplay where you can only normal or special summon effect monsters three times per turn so it creates like a 5ds era Yu-Gi-Oh experience but with modern tools and with a crazy deck building twist and that was like so addicting for me because i i, I it was like a transition for me right because i got to play with because i had to expand the card pool because you can only play individual cards of each you can't play play sets of the best cards um, I got to play with some of these older tools that I was used to using, but I got exposed to some of like the higher order thinking in terms of, of deck building and, and strategy and, and metagaming and everything else. And so I was playing Dinosaur in that. There were some really cool decks we made. Uh, Giant Ballpark Dino was tier one for <laughs> a long time. Uh, there, were some, there were some broken interactions with Lost World because it could be used normal monsters. Uh, I got Lost World banned, actually. Well, <laughs> but, and, like realistically, um, though. If if I remember this correctly, you can you can normal or special summon affect monsters three times per turn, but there's no limitations on normal monsters. No, there's no limitations on normal monsters. So I was abusing like Pacifist the Phantasm City. Like for after Lost World was banned, I was playing Pacifist Dinosaur. And and I was literally main decking three Kabazals. Because there's you can also play multiples of effect monsters for no extra cost. Mm-hmm. So in a thirty card deck you could play a playset of a normal monster. Um so so I would I would basically just do anything I could to make a dino playable. <laughs> uh, and and then Misk came to three in the TCG. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Well, I could play Dino in TCG now. And and then like for the longest time online I have been known as the Dino guy. Uh and and so I kind of grinded out for a while. Like I had like and I started like doing well in the Chalice Line tournaments, but I was kind of a nobody. For a while, I was doing really well at like in like my local scene, but up here in Edmonton, that's also nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I went to YCS Niagara. I, I I didn't make day two. I got to the last round, and I, I drew. I went like four two two, playing a blind second Dino list with extravagance, playing two copies of Utopia and two copies of Utopia Double, because the idea was that over after Lost World was Utopia Double Pentastack right. uh, for nine thousand damage, uh, and so that was the gimmick. Uh, and then I shifted to doing like paleo dino stuff and toss format. Uh, and I was starting to, that was when I was starting to see, like, I was doing well on the DB ladder. I was, I was getting a lot better. And then flash forward to a couple months ago, I was playing Dragoon Dinosaur. Uh, I happened to qualify for the RDIQ. Uh, and then I happened to get top eight at that. Uh, and I had to leave that match for work, <laughs> but I still made the invitational. Hey, that's the important thing here. <laughs> and then... Yeah, and just recently, I, I've been I picked up Fluffle 
and uh, it, that's been super rewarding for me. So I haven't even touched Dino in a little bit, but I'll be back. That, sorry, that was a bit long-winded, but that's kind of my history in the game. and that's No, it's okay. I, I really... T- it's so funny to me that the thing you just happenstance touched on at the very end is the thing that you're probably most well-known for at this point. <laughs> um, you've that's been making true, a lot yeah. of noise that's with true. Fluffles. Yep, uh, deservedly so. This deck is really good, and nobody is playing because it. it's the most big brain deck in the format. You could you could say it's not a deck you want to <laughs> toy around with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, you laughed a lot more you, than uh, we did. You, buddy. you put a coin in. You put a coin in the pun machine, and it uh, vended you the right <laughs> one. <laughs> oh. oh shit! I try. So. <laughs> with that there's a bunch of questions about fluffle that we have like a bunch okay yeah that's fair that's totally fair there are a lot of questions okay so the first off is what brought about fluffle as the list where you're like yeah this is the deck this this deck's turbo broken what's what 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 brought that about okay yeah yeah, so um, I have a friend that I've done combo labbing for Dino Stuff in the previous from Australia. He really is a combo genius. Um, he is like just, his name is Outback YGO. He's from Australia. Okay. And he messages me one day, like four days before one of the one of the Chalice Line monthly tournaments. And he's like, hey, Skyhawk, have you read the Fluffle cards? And I was like, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who's read the Fluffle cards? Nobody plays Fluffle. And he was like, you need to read the Fluffle cards, Skyhawk. You've got to read them. I was like, okay, I'll back. Because usually when he brings me something, like half of the time, it's this galaxy brain insane thing. And then we like lab it out and we figure out if it's actually right. good or not, right? Uh, he's helped out with some of the bigger brain dino combos in the past. Uh, that that both him and I, uh, <laughs> we like to joke that um, we, we compliment each other because we read parts of the cards that each other miss. <laughs> so we eventually like move together to have a good understanding of what they do. But I started reading the cards, and I was like, wait. The Fluffle Penguin is Solid Soldier and Liquid Soldier in one card. It's literally over after. Um, you can summon Toad before Nibiru, like almost every hand that you open. Yep. Uh, a whole bunch of these card effects are either soft once per turn or not once per turn at all. The whole deck searches each other. Fluffle Dolphin is literally engaged on, like... Uh, like on an astral plane of existence <laughs> and it's like a, if you resolve it properly it's like a plus three fluffle sheep is like the most deceptively busted card i have ever read in my and life and you only run one <laughs> and else in the deck is better and you only yes exactly exactly so it's like i kept reading this and i was like outback why is nobody playing this and he was like because no one can <laughs> he's right and and that's when i realized why that's why he realized that's what that's and that, that's when i realized why he messaged me he was like i think he basically said i think you can play this yeah i think there's a very short and, list and i was like uh, you're putting this. a yeah <laughs> you're like you're putting a lot of faith in me like the only guy there was one dude in france that topped one of the remote dual extravaganzas in like february and there's a guy uh david vasquez who's gotten like top 16s and top eights at a couple regionals like three years ago but like outside of that and and there's one gentleman there's one excellent friend of mine mr ease who was also instrumental in, in getting me on this who's been like grinding the chalice slime like all the time he has one top and he has bubbled like four of them he's gotten like ninth and 17th like four or five Yeesh. different times it's really depressing he is he is he is like the absolute king of bubbling on fluffle and he builds really cool stuff too. He's got he's got his own theory about this. But nobody had like come up with a payoff. 
And so me, like reading the cards, uh, I pull up Fright for Tiger. And for those who don't know what Fright for Tiger does, Fright for Tiger reads, uh, you use Edgem Sabers plus one or more Fluffle Monsters. And when this card is Fusion Summoned, you can target cards on the field up to the number of Fusion Materials used for its Fusion Summon and destroy them. I was like, wait. There's, how can we abuse this? And like, Fright for Fusion is one way you can do it, but like, you have to go second to use that. I was like, how can we do this one yeah. first? And I was just like, thinking about like, Fusion support just in general, and I was like, wait. Wait a sec. What if we play Necro Fusion and summon Tiger on our opponent's turn? To just like blow them out, just com- just like banish like five cards as soon as they've committed to the board, destroy and just their completely whole destroy them. Who needs yeah. a beer when and, you and, can and, do and just that? Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, Tiger can target cards anywhere. It can target your own cards and destroy them. So what's so the now then for we got to thinking about heart. like artif- artifact scythe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you can set that from deck with uh, Dogda. Uh, but the, but uh, Outback was like, okay, it's really good, but we can't, like, search it. And then Outback said, wait, I have an idea. I will take pity on you, Skyhawk, as the combo master. Uh, and he and he found that Fright for Meister, which is a pendulum card that came out in 2 Chaos that, like, almost no Fluffle lists have been right. playing. Uh, it, it, and this card is, like, just deceptively disgusting. It is. There's I, so many cool things I you can do with it. I did not play this in my Fluffle list until I saw you play it and you explained why you play it. It's actually really good. Yeah, it is really, really cool. So its pendulum effect is you can tribute uh, a Fluffle, Edge Imp, or Fright for a monster from level 1 to 4. And then special summon from your deck uh, a Fiend-type monster with the same level but a different name. You'll notice the lack of restriction on that effect. Any Fiend. You can use its effects. You could do any Fiend level 1 to 4, so long as you're tributing the same level on the field. So he found that you could summon Lilith, Lady of Lament... (laughs) And then set Necrofusion from deck by tributing Edgem Sabers, which is accessible through, like, your entire right. engine. Uh, so, so we realized that this wasn't a joke. We had, we, like, we kept doing test hands. And the thing is, at this time, the format, people were playing a lot of board breakers. Because it was, like, Dragon Link was a big thing. And, like, Invoke right. Dark Shadow like, was a big dark thing. Rulers, and, yeah, so there were less hand traps. So we were like, wait, so this deck could do like a more minimal board building setup where we build card advantage, but also blow them out with a card that's like in Necrofusion that's like impossible to interact with with board breakers? Sign us up. Because if they Dark Ruler, like the idea behind the deck is that you your combo ends on Cross Sheep, totally awesome, and a three or four material Appaloosa with a set Necrofusion and a set Artifact Scythe. Right. So not only do they have to push through Toad Apo, but you can like regain card advantage by activating Necrofusion, blowing up their whole board, locking them. So like, say you banish like four Fluffles or whatever, uh, like Edge and Savers and even three. You pop three of their cards once they commit to the board. Then you lock them out of the extra deck with the Artifact Scythe. And then because you summon to Cross Sheep Zone, Cross Sheep can summon back Fluffle Octopus, which on summon adds any Edge Imp or Fluffle card from your graveyard to your hand. And if you used uh, Edge Imp Scythe as part of your combo, uh, that's another pop fusion summon that also if you use the octopus's fusion material puts wings back in your graveyard for next turn to get more card advantage if you have vendor access so we realized that and and on top of the fact that toad just adds penguin back to your hand which and penguin is like arguably the like the best monster in the deck so we realized that nobody was playing this nobody knew how to play against it uh the decks at the time weren't built around a trap card that you were searching to just completely blow out the whole game uh 
And it was more Dark Ruler over Droplets because of how the format was at the time. So we realized that you could build this insane resource loop that was also an oppressive going first board that was also a good going second deck. Listen, listen, I, I just listened to all of that, and you know that meme with the lady with all the math in front of her? <laughs> that was right. me the whole time, like, what on... Okay, so listen, listen, I, I've dueled Fluffles once or twice. Yeah, a handful of times against me. Yeah, um, and the first time you played Meister, I'm like, why are you playing this? He, then he did the, you know, Lady Lament, set Necrofusion. I went, okay, <laughs> sure. Started my started doing my stuff, very slowly just staring at him, just... What's what, it gonna do? What's it gonna do? There's gotta be some payoff. And he flipped the Necrofusion, made the Tiger, and went, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Those are my exact words. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. In that exact tone. <laughs> I'm in danger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so cool. I've always wanted to play Necrofusion in something, and like previously, like the best thing you could do with it was like summon a second Dragoon, because you could like Red Eyes Fusion, put the materials in the graveyard, and set Necro, and then Necro could make another Dragoon. Uh, and but it's like, that's so boring. Uh, I've I've used I've that used sucks, it once but, to remake Winda. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you can do that too. Yeah. So, but um, I think the we I think the real question here is I'm not not trying not to cut you off, but just the. Oh, you're good. The you're movement good. from here is the combos can be broken and the deck can be crazy. But what is it if there's if it doesn't translate to actual real tournament success? Which brings me to my next question is yeah. you have piloted this deck at high level tournaments. What were your results? What tournaments, what were your results? So I've done quite well, uh, and I think I like with with a couple of different things going my way, I could have done a lot better. So I have a top four at at a, a, a like 128 ish person uh, chalice line monthly, uh, which was like seven rounds of Swiss and then and then top right. sixteen. Um, I have the I took this to the remote duel invitational, and I got ninth. I went two two, and and the thing is like my game one, I lost my my first match. I lost game one on a 0.47% chance to not see a Fluffle name post-Phantasme. Wow. And, and and then I got, yeah. So so in terms of, like, that specific, like, four-round event, I went 2-2. Two, two. Both of the, like, and the, and the, the, and I played against Octavio in round three. I wiped the floor with him, and he got second to the last one. Like, Triberg, like, the, like, the games where I, like, I wasn't hitting the outlier stuff, I was annihilating, uh, like, uh, uh, dinosaur. Uh, where where the only reason I lost that game three was because he had the Imperial Order for my Forbidden Droplets right. in game three, uh, and I still had a chance to play because I, I battled through and I just needed like a Dugaris and Toy Vendors to hit and it didn't happen for me. Um, so I, and like I took it to the invitation like to that invitational because I thought it was good because I thought it would give me the best chance to win. It wasn't like me trying to just like put a joke out there or something yeah so uh and then this was like actually slightly before the invitational there was another uh already another extravaganza and i went um again like just a a brutal last round i went five two one and the last round there was a really crappy situation involving time uh and and literally they they called the judge because my opponent accused me of stacking Oh jeez! Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think because they were just like surprised that Fluffle was good. <laughs> uh, to be to be perfectly frank with you, um, 
and and it meant that I had to play a lot slower, and and it kind of screwed things up because fluffle combos can take quite a long time. But again, like I got like at that extravagance, I got like thirty fifth with like a, a little bit more time on the clock and and a, maybe a bit more improved play for me. Uh, that's an easy top sixteen. Um, yeah, because like honestly, uh, with with the you, with this you fluffle say improved deck, play from you, but honestly, like it, it sounds like everybody could say, oh, I just had to play better, but like. With Fluffle, it's not a matter of improving your play because, you know, maybe you misplayed a little bit here and there. But, like, it's like a lot of people say Drytron's a big brain deck. Fluffle really is very, very difficult to pilot. Yeah. Yeah, and this isn't even me trying to gas myself up. Uh, when I was learning this, I screwed stuff up all the time. Like, the first Chalice line monthly I took this to, I tanked it. Like there were flashes of it, and I was like, "Okay, I need to like get this down. I need to, I need to learn this." Uh, but it was terrible <laughs> because I was just there was just stuff that I didn't realize. Like for example, um, interactions like Meister in a pinch actually being Edgem Chain access because it can summon Edgem Chain from deck by tributing level four Fluffle, and that's an alternate way to get to Patchwork if you don't have access to your fusion right. plays. Uh, or interactions with interactions with Sheep where you would use Sheep to summon back the the Edgem uh, Sabers. To, to to tribute for Meister so that you didn't have to put a card back on top of your deck. Or or like theory stuff, like you should always blind fire vendor if you have dead cards in hand. Oh true. Um and that's that's like a that's a philosophy thing that I didn't get until I had started playing the deck a lot more. Uh so a lot of it was like personal improvement for me. And then like it culminated in this YCS where I I think this might be the best showing for Fluffle ever at, at a YCS. I went eight three and if it weren't for a really unfortunate, um, uh, my opponent lying to a judge in the last round, it would have been 9-2 and it would have been a YCS Ooh. top. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's pretty to bad. Hear it. Uh, yeah, but I, like, but I'm super proud of that result because I think it, it, I think even though I might be an outlier of a pilot, uh, I think this really has legs, and my whole goal, like I'm, I'm hoping I'm gonna put out a video on this, on on how this deck and how to play it a bit more, sometime soon when I when I have time to record. But uh, I genuinely think this is a meta force if people start picking this up. Uh, and while it is difficult, I don't think it's impossible to learn. So my my goal in making like the Necrofusion Discord and getting MVT like help having him, uh, asking him and and having him do the video on the deck and and trying to put stuff out there. It's because I want people to play this. I want this to be good. That's my. That's kind of my modus operandi here. All right, and it, it certainly sounds like you've come a long way with the deck since you first picked it up. And I like to put that up to a quote by John DiMaggio: "The first step into being really good at something is being really <laughs> bad at it." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. The best way to learn this deck is to sit in Edo Pro and just brute force a whole bunch of hands. Like you haven't lived with fluffle until you've tiger to pop your own toy vendor to get to dolphin to try to dig for more cards to do your combo uh you haven't lived until you've searched repair with chain for that exact scenario instead of getting fright for fusion as follow-up to use the on-field effective repair instead of sending it with whale uh, oh my you, gosh you haven't lived until you've used octopus to add back a penguin from grave to do penguin dolphin into toad uh, before you do stuff, you haven't lived until you've used like uh, Golden Lord to send a set poly to OTK, and like seeing that line that that's the better play instead of fusion summoning. Like you haven't lived until you've kept uh, Dogda on the field because you drew Scythe, 
and then you sent it to the graveyard. <laughs> you haven't lived in Fluffle until your opponent activates Cosmic Cyclone on your set artifact scythe, but you still resolve the artifact scythe post that because you set Necrofusion and you ended right. on Dogda. Um, you Tiger summon to Cross Sheep Zone to clear their board, and then you summon back Octopus, and then Octopus to add back Edgem Scythe. You take Edgem Scythe and fuse it with Octopus to summon Cruel Whale. Chain Link one Octopus, targeting the Artifact Scythe to put it back in your graveyard. Chain Link two Whale, pop an opponent's card in your own Dogda, and then Dogda effect to summon back the Scythe to still resolve it. That's insane. Like the interaction, yeah, the interactions that are possible in this are like near infinite, especially because. With Penguin not being hard once per turn, bringing it back off of Cross Sheep and having extra searches off of like toy vendors that you draw and change, knowing when to get sheep and when to like prioritize Octopus to get back an Edgem Scythe from Graveyard, uh, especially if you're not playing Necrofusion, which right now I'm not. Um, like the the level of tech. This isn't again. This isn't even me gassing myself up. And I think actually over the the, the YCS weekend, I had, I think I had pretty near perfect technical play. I, I can't think of any major i can't think of any major or consequential mistakes that i made um uh both of my my one of my losses was literally just somebody drew called by the grave twice uh Ooh, and i was like yeah okay rip. but um that was invoke dogmatic shadow and called by the grave was the only card to get him out uh so that was kind of sad but um i uh it this i think this becoming a meta force rather than just a strong rare option would be difficult just because, like, the... You, like, you have to know a lot of these things in order to get an edge on, on a meta deck that has more room to make mistakes. So, the next question is, what... What are some of the technical issues with the deck that you had to overcome to make it good, essentially? Ratios. Uh, ratios in this deck are really hard, and we had to work a lot and do a lot of thinking to, to get to a place where we're happy with them. Uh, the debate between two and three poly has raged on for years. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you know this well. You've been a fluffle pilot. Uh, the debate on like the number of dolphin between one and two, uh, the debate on the number of sabers, whether to play gamma or not. The extra deck is a whole other debate it really in is. itself. You can play like, Four, there are 40 different playable cards, and you have to pick 15. Oh, there's more than 40. Uh, probably. I, like, 40 was just, like, what we came up with, but there's probably more. Like, you could get, like, maybe on the gimmickier side of things, you could play Herald of Mirage Lights in this as a spell yeah. trap negate. Herald of Mirage um, because, Lights? Really? Because the fluffles are all fairies. Yeah, no, because they're all fairies. The main deck fluffles oh. are all fairies. So you can end on Herald of Mirage Lights really easy as a you spell trap. You could tech negate. in hilariously um, because they're all fairies. You can tech in a Fluffle Engine into a Drytron deck. You can tech in a yep. three bear, three toy vendor, and one to two copies of Wings as a pure drawing and advantage engine, and end with fairies in hand to use yep. as negates for ultimateness. I mean. And Wings is searchable through Eva because it's a light fairy right. that's level one. I mean, since they're all fairies, couldn't you also play Herald of Orange Light? Yes, similar to yes. Madolce. You can just play Herald of Orange Light. Um, in the extra deck, you can play stuff like Proxy F Magician. There's an insane replay from the from a, the last Chalice Line Monthly where Mr. Ease uh, resolved the effect of Fright for Kraken to send a card. Uh, and he resolved it three times going second. Because he hard-fused into it once. Uh, he made Sabertooth 
uh, into Kraken, and then he linked into Proxy F Magician to fuse the Sabertooth and the Kraken <laughs> into another Sabertooth to summon a Kraken. Uh, to clear a Machina board so that Citadel wouldn't trigger. It was it was beautiful. Uh, you can play Hope Harbinger because rank 8s are really easy to make. Um, you can play, like, IP. IP is really cool because you could, like, IP Crush Sheep and get the advantage off of your Fusion Summon on your opponent's turn and then IP into an Appaloosa so it can't be destroyed right. by card effects. Or, like, a Unicorn or something. Uh, you can play, like, Galaxy Eyes Photon Lord. You can play the... You can play Draglubion if you, if you really want. You can play different Fusion Packages... Uh, uh, and, and like, you could play any rank four in the game because this deck craps out rank fours like no tomorrow. Right, right. So, um, don't, yeah, no, it's okay. sorry, go ahead. So what, what is it that makes it broken though? Is, is it just the versatility? Is it, um, the pure advantage? Yeah. Or, and like a follow-up question to this is I say what makes it so broken. Is it actually broken or do people just know what it does? Is it, you know, is this, is it better than a rogue deck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, this is better than a rogue deck. Uh, I think if people were like seriously playing this, and there were more people like myself and the guy from France and and David Vasquez and and, and Mysteries and others like seriously playing this, I think it would be like it would be a meta represented deck. I think it would be like so. You think that if it had the higher levels like, of representation, that it would have more results than it does? I think. I think. I think this would convert. Um, it can, uh, you open a lot of hands that dodge interaction, uh, in really interesting ways, like fusing polymerization penguin chain into whale is just such an insane thing to be doing because you can chain block it in a way that you get exactly what you want, whether you want to get like another patchwork if you hard up on poly or to make sure your penguin draws go through the fact that whale sends an extender, uh, the deck can be built where your main deck is broken going first and going second. Like, over the YCS, I I did not go first a lot of game ones, even though this deck blind, blinds first. And I still won almost every single one and of those And that's the crazy ones. part about the deck is that, um, to, in my opinion, that might be the craziest part about the deck is if you go first, you can yes. literally just build a board and basically make an unbreakable and, board with a multi-negate Appaloosa, <laughs> Scythe Lock, and Toad. And, and then if you go second, the deck in engine already is an amazing going second deck just inherently. Yeah. And and you want you want the you want the take? Uh the the take that I've been, I've been discussing this yeah. about back a bit. Um the end board is better than Dragonlink had ever put up and the recursion is better than anything that Dragonlink ever had. The only difference is that Dragonlink was a bit more consistent. I mean, I think this is on, on that on. level. I mean, with Dragonlink, what recursion? <laughs> Uh, oh, the recursion of yeah, spheres. Yeah. Uh, the recursion of ti- the recursion of tidying to summon yeah, back a chamber. That's bad all it's got. Uh, the recursion that exists with like yeah 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 like and and boot sector launch existing as like a, a return soul charge if your board gets broken and you don't die. Uh, but like this deck, you end on uh, a full board of monsters and like five cards in your hand and a stacked graveyard, and then everything you draw off the top after that is gas. Um, the fact that your negate in your Omni negate in totally awesome gets you back and like an insane piece, either in penguin or dolphin or octopus or cruel Turns whale. If you want to put that back effect. for like to push for more pops. 
Yeah, it's insane. And uh, there's a funny interaction with Eldritch where because uh, we play Golden Lord in this. Uh, he, if you set, if you use Toad on like a conquistador, you can reasonably use it <laughs> uh, because <laughs> you play Golden Lord in this. That's uh, come Golden up Lord a couple really times. Really good in this deck, uh, but like, yes. Uh, I guess before Golden Lord, just the last thing about the board is that the end board itself is also resistant to every board breaker in the game. You can hold Edgeimp Scythe in your hand as long as you want. Um. You, like, um, if your opponent Dark Rulers you, it is still a pop and a Scythe Lock. Um, and if you, if you get, like, Dropleted, you can still hold that and then pop Scythe Lock, like, as long as you need. You can protect your Appaloosa with Edge and Scythe, or if you need to Scythe Lock them early, like, you can fire it off early. Uh, and, and, and do it as soon as they commit a card to the board and then Whale right. can pop it. Uh, you can adjust the board to, if that you know they're playing Dark Ruler, you just focus on Dweller. And then you try to set up, like, Dweller Edge and Scythe. And that is often enough to win the game against right. almost everything. Uh, like, Dweller... Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I have, you know, speaking of building boards, I have a really, really uh, a question that's been kind of racking around my brain. Like, is there any hand traps that as soon as you see it, you're like, oh no. Like, or is it just, just doesn't care, or... So like I, I would say the biggest problem is droll, but that's the really cool thing about this deck right now is that main decking droll isn't happening a lot because the format is so wide open. There are like twenty five different decks that you could play right now and see reasonable success with, uh, if you're at a high level. Like you could play crazy stuff like Earth Machine or Adding Nister and still do really well in an event. Uh, like again, like and there's like a concentrated meta, of course, because like Tri Brigade is obviously uh, really strong, uh, but none of the top level decks are unbeatable by any means. Uh, had the judge uh, gotten it right in my last round, I would have gone 3-0 against Drytron over the weekend. Right. Uh, I won my first... I, like, And I cleaned house the first two Drytron matches I played. Um, so, in, in terms of the actual, like, matchups this has against, like, hand traps, Droll is a problem, but it's not unwinnable. Uh, Gamma is a really good card, and we have access to it. Um, and as well, there is set play through Droll. Um, uh, you can, there are a lot of hands where if you play your first search out properly, uh, so not only is Gamma really nice because you can do so much in this deck without committing to the normal summon, like they're so tempted to draw you right. after patchwork and then you can just Gamma them and it's so good because you just turn that Gamma driver right into cross sheep. Oh, That's fair. Yeah. Uh, the deck, yeah, the deck doesn't even really care that much about Nibiru because again, most of the time you can put Toad up as your fourth or fifth summon. Um, it's not hard, and most hands do it. Uh, Ash only matters if your hand sucks. Uh, oftentimes, like, the second hand trap can sometimes be wonky, but, uh, not only is, like, the problem is, is that even if, like, people start to, like, learn how to play against this matchup, it doesn't help them, because they have to be at the same level as the pilot to know when the right time to use the Ash Blossom is. I don't know what the right time to use the Ash Blossom is until I'm mid-combo. Uh, like, because there are so many different lines, it's kind of like how Hero was, actually, in, like, the brief period where Hero was very playable, in that, the, like, the right time to use an Ash on them totally changed based on their hand. So you had to know the deck as well as they did right. in order to play it. And for people to, like, in a format with, like, 25 decks, I ha I'm very skeptical that, like... Like, that many people playing other things will get on that level of mastery. And even if you have that level of mastery, sometimes some like sometimes these fluffle hands will just destroy you. Like, if you open Foolish Burial Good, 
goods, like, if like uh, not unreasonable hand at all. Like, any way to get Toy Vendor into the graveyard, either of Penguin or Dolphin and Patchwork, you're going to win that game. Almost instantly. Because even through Droll, that's still, like, Toad plus uh, Edge Imp Scythe. Or Dweller plus Edge Imp Scythe. And, like, so even through, like, the most restrictive of hand traps, this deck is still very, very good. Hmm. That's interesting. So, with that, I have to wonder, you said that the thing you had to work on the most was the um, the deck-building philosophy with this deck, which I think we talked about a little bit before the interview, in that a lot of your deck-building philosophy comes from that Highlander format. So, how does your deck-building philosophy come from that Highlander format, translate here to Fluffles. Yeah, so for one, uh, I think it means uh, I am more willing to like look at the card pool. So, for instance, I think a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh players just haven't read the Fluffle cards. Because it's just kind of written off as like a gimmicky go second deck. Uh, and and it's like, also it's like, there's a whole thing about it being like kind of cutesy or whatever, but that's a different conversation. Um, I, I, think they're, I think they're extremely badass. Um, but, um, the, like, I was more willing to dig into the card pool to look at Necrofusion and, and to dig through because I had to do that to succeed in Trinity format. Uh, I had to dig through the card pool to find playables, uh, and, and to see interactions that don't come up very often because it's stuff that doesn't happen in meta play. So for me, finding those like weird cards like like fright for meister or necrofusion or even just like playing fluffle deck in general and like experimenting when people say hey you should try golden lord and seeing how that works and like doing stuff that sounds kind of weird on the outset but turns out to be quite good similar to like me playing gillosaurus right that was a specific card that solved a specific problem with the list and that's also what fright for meister was we dug through the, the card pool and we found a specific solution to the specific problem of not drawing Necrofusion. So the first thing was that Trinity format really helped me to get very good at digging through and finding those unique interactions to try to do like new things in the game. That's what kind of gets me going. But the other thing it helped me do was get a a lot better at um, card evaluation, which sounds very silly for someone who spent a lot of time playing Survival's End in Dinosaur (laughs) Lists. But when, when you have limited access to every card you have to really think about how good that actual card is. Uh, And it also made me, it's also made me a bit more free, which is kind of weird to say, but it's made me a lot more free in my deck building. Like you'll see a lot of my lists that are like, like the Dragoon Dino lists. I've played everything from like 42 to 48 cards. Uh, I've played, I unironically played like 60 card Dino combo back when Link Cross and Calamities were legal because it was the better version of the deck at the time. Uh, I will stand by that. <laughs> uh, shout out to Mecha Fan to be Saros going to Mecha Fan to be Hamstrat, the real, the real homies. Um, but I, like, I'm more free with. It's made me more free with my deck building to like, for example, like with Fluffle, I could play forty to forty two, and and not have uh, qualms about it. Uh, and because I know a lot of people, I, I know a lot of people at that high level can like really stress out about about trying to keep something to forty. But I'm I'm a bit more open about. I guess, I guess I'm a bit more, I guess the, I've been, I've been rambling about it for a bit, but I guess I'm just more open to possibility. Uh, it can get me in trouble sometimes because sometimes I, I, I really want to make something work and, and I do a bit too much to, to make it happen. But when an engine that has not seen as much play in a specific way and my 
my particular view of 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 the game kind of combined. I think beautiful stuff happens, and that's that's kind of where the fluffle list. That's came awesome. From. So, just a couple more questions here. Mm-hmm. I I have a question more of somebody, you know, more of like a player to player question and some advice maybe you might be able to give. So I see in yeah. a lot of the fluffle lists, basically in your main deck opening, it feels like the entire deck is all, it's all gas. It's all engine pieces, right? So like, like, <laughs> like gen, you know, generally like some of the earlier lists like played zero hand traps, you know, how do you, when you're siding going second, like when you're siding into games two or game three, going first or second, doesn't matter. How do you side how do you decide what you're going to side out of in a deck where it's all combo pieces? It's all part of your engine, every card. Um, you know? I actually I actually I get this a bit, and this is like this is one of my favorite questions to answer. Cause I I think and again, like when I did well with the Dragoon Dino list, a lot of people didn't like that list. <laughs> A lot of people were like, what? Why did this win? Why are you main decking the judgments? Why are you, like, playing... Why aren't you playing the hand traps? Because, like, that list, it was just, like, Gamma and, like, two Lancey or whatever. And, um... And my response is, when I build a deck like that, I am I am building it specifically to, like, maximize my chances of winning the game if I win the dice roll game one. And then I can, because both of those decks are really, like Fluffle and Dinosaur, for example, are both already innately good at going second, I still have a reasonable chance, even if I even if I don't win that dice roll without, like, hand traps or protection. Uh, and I can, it means I can side into just a bomb going second deck. And so giving up that game one almost doesn't even matter. Because game two, I can side into an insane going first strategy that has a high chance to win. And then in that game three... Uh, if I if I lose that game one, I can side into just an insane blowout go second deck. So in terms of like those siding decisions, I was more comfortable playing no hand traps in that list because I knew even if that game one didn't go well for me, I was siding into a ridiculous go second deck. And that's why I that's why I was able to like have the confidence in all the gas and and to and to and to try that necrofusion in the main deck. Or even in the side deck, for example. So in terms of like specifically for the fluffle list, what to side in and out, uh, the way I think about it uh, matches mostly is for the Necrofusion deck, it was a lot easier because you could just take out, um, you could just take out uh, the traps and the Meister and the Lilith. And then you could like pick out individual pieces from there. So for example, going second, I often side out sheep, but I don't side out octopus. Uh, most matchups because... In general, I'd rather draw Twin Twisters than have to go, like, Dog Sheep into Phoenix to out back row. And so for me, Sheep is a card where drawing it doesn't really help me break a board. But something like Dog is excellent bait. Uh, and Penguin is chain blockable. Uh, so And seeing my polys is good. Uh, I'll often side out, like, one Fluffle Bear in a lot of matchups. Just because seeing it in the opener doesn't do as much. Like, say I'm siding into something like Droplet, right? Or I'm maining Droplet for, for whatever reason I keep that in. Seeing a vendor or like or a chain is way better than seeing a bear, and I would rather see like my go second cards in the side more often than I would that second bear. So usually I'll like be at two bear. Uh, occasionally I'll side out a chain if I feel like 
the monster spam will be better, and then I'll keep the sheep in. So it's like it's very matchup dependent, but uh, the best and and I'll often sometimes I'll even side out the ash if I feel like um, I need more gas, or if gamma is bad, or like if I don't want gamma to conflict with phantasme, for example. So like. I don't. I guess I don't have a good answer for your question. <laughs> I, it is. It is like super matchup dependent. I, I can say. I guess definitively. I will almost always side out of one bear, and if Golden Lord isn't good in matchup, I'll slide out of those. But after that, it's all just kind of in the moment, uh, depending on what I've seen. Okay, I understand. Absolutely fascinating. All this is <laughs> actually. <laughs> it really is. I. Yeah, I do think it is. I, I mean, I think maybe this is a bit arrogant, but I do think it is like a slightly different approach uh, to to winning a, a three game match with with some of these decks. Like, I mean, like like the theory of like you play like a combo deck to win game one has always been around, but I think playing a deck that can go second way better than like for example something like Dragon Link, uh, making like that deck choice to fit with that philosophy, I think is maybe a bit different. Yeah, I think... And, like, obviously... And building it to blind first, too. Like, Fluffle... Fluffle has not, like... Like, VFD was a thing, but for the longest time, it never blinded first. Dinosaur, like, in its early stages, was a go-first deck, but, like, after after Denglong got banned and Misk went to one, like, almost everybody was playing it going second. And and I, I was like, I want to play it going first. And with Fluffle, I was like, I want to blind first on this. Yeah, I think... Mm. I think that I, I said it previously. I think really the deck's adva- pure advantage of being able to go first or second and build a reasonable board is just unparalleled. Uh, you, there's never been anything like it, which is why your innovations to build a strong going first board are just revolutionary for the deck in ways that cannot yeah. be expressed. Yeah, it's it's the diversity of interaction right. too. I'm trying to I'm taking up a lot of space here, so I'll try not to dig into this too much but um like the fact that you end on an omni negate some monster negates uh potentially a graveyard lock uh, an extra deck lock and a pop no, no, like, not a pop potentially on its face five or six pops well yeah if you're playing necrofusion uh right now i'm not on necro uh i'm using edge scythe as the primary way to pop uh artifact scythe and that's what i took to the ycs is, is the not necrofusion right build. um but again, still like you have that option, right? To have that like incredible diversity of of end board, and you can make your setups more minimal. Like Dogda Necrofusion was often enough to win games, just like Dweller Edgeimp Scythe often is enough to win games. Uh, so you can adjust to be more minimal and conserve resources, or you can go just absolute balls to the wall ham and just like combo like never before. But you can pick and choose what types of disruption you end on, and that's big. Because it means that you don't really have matchup problems. Because you can just adjust to the matchup. And you don't have to, like, build your deck around it. It's just innate to the engine and the extra deck pieces you have access to that you can adjust yourself. So, like, I can prioritize prioritize a Dweller. Once I know that Dweller would be better against the matchup than an ED lock, for example. Uh, and then I can focus on like a Dweller, Toad, Appaloosa, and a Live Edge and Scythe, like without having to go through the Dogda, or and I can side out the Scythe uh, as as part of the combo, and 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 have the deck be a bit more full, and not have that dead card to draw. Uh, so like having access to that different type of disruption is is huge, and not a lot of decks can say that so, they have that right now. Do you, Virtual World probably the main yeah. one that does right now. Do you think that the deck list has changed because of meta progression, and if so? 
how does your deck list generally change throughout the progression of a meta? How do you make the decision to, well, you know, we need to cut the Necrofusion package now, things like that? Uh, Necrofusion, this, okay, yeah, I actually, I did actually think about this before we came on here. Something else I talked with Outback about. Um, this is very much, uh, Necrofusion was a meta call. Again, I think I mentioned it before, but at the time, people were on a lot of Dark Ruler, and we were like, okay, Fluffle can build a really cool board. Mr. Ease was ending on, like, Dweller, Toad, Appaloosa, Harbinger, which is ridiculous. But it's not that resistant, and your only recovery is is that Toad and back Penguin, right? And so we were like, we want to solve the recovery problem, and we want to solve the Dark Ruler problem. Necrofusion fixed that problem. Uh, Necrofusion was something that you could hold until your opponent committed too much to the board, because they would have to lead with the Dark Ruler to stop Toad Appaloosa, uh, or the Dropwoods, or whichever. And then you still have this blowout that also locks them out of the extra deck. So that was in a more concentrated meta. But the Necrofusion build was limited in a sense because you had to dedicate a couple of a couple more main deck slots and a couple more extra deck pieces. Like, the, the Necrofusion build had to play a second Tiger, because there were a lot of hands where you would need to use Tiger as a combo piece. Uh, and you wanted another one to summon off Necrofusion. But you have a bit more extra deck freedom in, in, in the other one because you can take out that Tiger. Right. Uh, and you can take out a couple of generic links. That would, that would like, for example, Barricade Borg Blocker was a lot more necessary in the Necrofusion build in order to enable Toy Vendor than in this update. Right. Because there are, there are just more options that you have room for. Uh, so in a meta that has like five different decks, and you know what it's good against, Necrofusion just blows them all out of the water. Like, if you resolve it, you just win. Because Tiger just screwed everything at that time. But in a wider metagame, with, like, again, like, 20, 23, 25 different, like, real decks, um, you you want to have as many options as you can. And so ending on a board that has all those options makes your blind game one so good. Because you can just like see what the matchup is and then be like, okay, I will do this pop here and this negate here and this monster negate here. And I will lock them at the ED once they commit to this. Uh, and you can make those decisions for every single one of those decks. Rather than having to like... like, like in, I feel like in this metagame I would have to fire Necrofusion a lot earlier than I would normally. And, and that makes its impact a lot worse. Right. Uh, whereas, whereas before it was a lot easier to have like every deck have that exact point where you could be like, yep, I'm firing it now right, and you lose. Right. Uh, having, having the options with this version of the deck is super invaluable in a format with this many decks. Okay. Okay. That, that's all absolutely fascinating. Now, you know, with, you know, the format is, you know, as you know, formats constantly changes throughout the, uh, throughout the, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. When new sets come out. It's going to move. Yeah. Um, so you seem so, so into this deck, so I have to imagine you're constantly thinking, "Okay, this is coming out, so I got to adjust for that." And that, I kinda, like, do you have any like what's like yeah. what are some of the ideas that you've had for new builds in the future? If you can say, if if you want, uh, if you even want to talk about it, uh, there's. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy to talk about it. I I that's something that's maybe a bit different. I think I, I want I want I'm as public about innovation stuff as I can be like in the dino discord. Anytime I come up with something, I almost never keep it under lock and key. Uh, like, because, because again, my goal is to get more people playing this because I love it. <laughs> I, I want more people on this. It really is um, a fun deck to play. I, it really is. It really is just amazing. Uh, it, it, well, it's a ton of fun. And once you get it, like I had people message me and be like, Skyhawk, 
it's been it's been a week and i'm really yeah. struggling and i'm just like give it just i'm just like give it a few more days and then they come back and they're like i finally understand and that moment when one like that moment before the second chalice slam i took this in where i like i was like i finally understood how to do this like the world just opens up it's so cool um but yeah i mean for the future there's obviously we have the option for sky scorch norlaras uh through meister uh, so if there's a format where stuff in the graveyard does maybe a bit less for the top decks, uh, we can just hand loop people. Searchable through Meister into Doomdog Octhros to link off to some... And not just like a normal hand loop, like guaranteed um, get the whole hand. Yeah, it gets the whole hand. It sends their whole hand and, and, and field to the graveyard. Uh, it also sends yours, but you get to draw a card, plus off your own vendors, plus off your own toad, yada yada Right, yada. right. Um, there's, yeah, there's tuner combos. Like, in fact, the original build of this, we were doing, like, Auroradon combos to draw, like, 12 cards. Uh, <laughs> because, like, we were doing, like, we were thinking, wait, we can draw cards with Penguin, we can draw cards with Wings, we can draw Sheesh. cards with Dugares, we can draw cards with, like, Old Entity Cthulhu. <laughs> we, <laughs> we were doing all sorts of weird stuff. Um, so there's that. Uh, there are, like, again, like I said, there's so many ED options. You can build this to play, like, to fit to your style. If you like rank 8s, this deck can make rank eights like nobody's business. Uh, if you like like big link boards, or you like more minimal setups, or you like a more control setup, you could probably like reasonably play a trappish oriented fluffle deck that was like focused more on the minimal engine and, and dug into like some powerful searchable trap cards through Meister Lilith interactions. Uh, you can build it as just like a bomb go second deck, where you play like you play like super poly uh, droplets. Uh, like hand traps out the wazoo and then you just try to like fright for fusion into otk uh in fact uh golden lord vendor if you choose to play uh verte anaconda is a two card otk on an open board state so i will leave you with that information to do with that is awesome speaking of leaving with information we are we have <laughs> run out of time <laughs> yep yep absolutely so Sorry for having the conversation. No, it's, no, it's no, fine. No, this is absolutely, this was an absolutely fascinating conversation that I am absolutely glad we had. There's really not much that is more <laughs> enthralling than hearing somebody get on a topic that they're passionate about and that they care a lot about and going all in on that topic. Um, and I really think that your love for the deck is really evident. And I really can't express enough. I have played this deck. I have come to enjoy this deck. It is not a simple deck to play. It takes some time to get used to because as far as um, I think there's three major kinds of decks. I, or I think there's there's combo, there's mid-range, and there's control. And then there's of those, there's two other types. There's linear and there's non-linear. So every deck, similar to your chart of lawful good, lawful evil, things like that, you fall into either combo control or mid-range and you fall into either linear or non-linear so for this it's really like a non-linear mid-range deck it feels like it it's it's a non-linear mid-range deck that can play like a combo deck but the resource loop makes it play mid-range-esque is really it's really unique it operates in a really unique space and i really love it yeah the only issue is that because of that non-linear ability it's Whew. complicated <laughs> yeah it's mm -hmm. it it is it is draining 11 rounds is is tough yeah, yeah is, you're 100 percent gonna have a decision to, to be making those end. good decisions <laughs> yeah so with that we will leave you with the following information 
If you want to play this deck, the best thing that you can do is join the NecroFusion Discord server. It is the server that has been made specifically for the innovations made with this deck in the last year. All of the big brain plays and all the crazy stuff that's happened with the Invitationals extravaganzas, <laughs> this has all happened within the last six months or less. More like, it's honestly, it's been like the last month and a half. Right. So with that, if you want to learn about the innovations happening, they uh, the, don't be a truther in that Fluffle server. You need to be a truther in the Necrofusion <laughs> server. They will listen to you there. They will support you. <laughs> they will give you all the information that you need to play the best version of this deck. There will be a link to that server in the description of this episode if you're interested in joining. In addition to that, if you need more information, feel free to hit up Skyhawk anywhere you can hit him up. He is on Twitter a lot. He is on YouTube. And he is in basically every Discord server that ever existed. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, my yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Skyhawk Sings. You can find me on YouTube at uh, Giant Skyhawk, um, and you can find me in a bunch of Discord servers. My Discord username is Giant Skyhawk, uh, hashtag five seven two five. I'm in the MBT Discord, uh, and and the Necrofusion Discord a lot, and the Dino Discord. Um, if you have any questions, and and the Necrofusion Discord is maybe being a bit slow. Uh, feel free to message me directly. I would absolutely love to help people get on this, even if they're just, even if they just want to learn about it, even if they're not like sure that they want to pick it up, if they just want to like learn the matchup and stuff. I'm happy to talk about about the ins and outs. So definitely reach out if you've got questions. And uh, I thank you guys so much for having me on. This is oh, a total for break. sure. Oh yeah, it, it was a great time having you on. The only other thing to say yeah. is please make sure that you follow at Top Cut Podcast on Twitter for all the updates on when we post. Make sure to follow me at Dat Chumley, even though I mostly am on the Twitter, on the podcast account these days. Be sure to follow Caleb at JamTheMad17 for some hilarious tweets every now and then. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow, give us a subscribe, whatever app you're using uses to follow us and get the updates for when we post turn the notifications on it is so helpful to whenever we post know that there's people that go and listen immediately we've had episodes recently where within one day our view counts are jumping astronomically and that's all thanks to you that's all thanks to our listeners we ask that you please leave us a rating and a review on the apple podcasts we have one we have, we need more the more ratings, the more reviews we have. It helps us out tremendously. It really works on that algorithm and helps us out a lot. If you have any feedback or criticisms, we ask that you please hit us up on Twitter or you can email us, topcutyugioh at gmail.com. Anything to add, anybody? Uh, I, I'm... Go follow these guys. <laughs> They're doing something really good here and in a new space. So. Definitely come listen to the podcast and give these guys your support. You're doing something really cool. I really appreciate that. I want you to know. <laughs> it's always great to hear that there's people that like you... appreciate the effort that we put in because I don't mean to put this out there for everybody, but like it's almost one o'clock in the morning. I worked a 12-hour shift right before <laughs> recording. So 
it's like we do this out of passion and love we do this because we want this content to be out there and it we're really passionate about it and that's all there is to it so to know that there's people out there that enjoy this and get a lot from this means just the absolute world to us oh yeah i i can't I, I can't think of any other way to put it. That was very sufficient, a very sufficient way of putting it, my friend. <laughs> I have thought about it a lot. Well, that's all we got. Have a good night, everybody, or day. Catch y'all yeah, later. Take later, care, everybody. everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.